It's that time. It's time for the All Our Ways podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Noah Heron. I don't know why I call myself Mr. I'm Noah Heron, and I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast, whether it's in the morning, the evening, the afternoon, sometime in between. I hope that you're having an amazing day. I know that your day is about to get better when you listen to this conversation. I feel like I say this every week, but this conversation might go down as one of the greatest conversations ever, past, present, future, that we've had on the All Our Ways podcast. And I'm really excited for you to hear it. I'm going to introduce you to our guest in just a second. But before I do, as always, we have to give a huge shout out to our season two podcast sponsor, Feed. If you don't know the guys at Feed at this point, I really, I'm just going to pray for you because you need to know about them. They've created an incredible small group series that you absolutely have to check out for your middle school or high school ministry. Uh, This series is designed to help youth ministries facilitate open and honest conversation. They've got series on topics like mental health, sexuality, prayer, and so much more that needs to be talked about with our youth. The best part is that all of Feed's small group series are completely free to you. That's right, free, F-R-E-E, free. Go download them right now at feed.bible. That's feed, F-E-E-D, dot Bible, slash all our ways. Go check them out. Incredible, incredible people over there. Incredible resources. Without further ado, today on the podcast, we have a living legend. His name is Brandon Stewart, and he really is kind of a behind-the-scenes Yoda in my life. I kind of referenced that in our conversation. I've gone to him for so many different things. He actually helped me publish my book, All Our Ways. Um, I'm sorry, publish my book, Viral Jesus, All Our Ways is this podcast. Uh, When I was flushing through the idea of viral Jesus, he really asked questions and pushed me to flesh out the vision for that. He's incredible at so many different things. Um, But what I think he's most passionate about besides helping people meet Jesus is really uh, growing leaders and developing leaders, specifically leaders who aren't the head guy. So if you're listening to this and maybe you are in the workforce or maybe you're in ministry or you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is that you do, if you aren't the guy or the girl who is calling all the shots, This man, Brandon Stewart, is about to be the greatest help to you. He leads a nonprofit called Leading Second, which is all about this idea of how do you lead when you're not in charge? How do you lead when maybe you don't agree with the person who's directly over you? How do you still function and not just function, but excel in what you're called to do or what you're doing? I really, really loved this conversation. The whole thing is tweetable. The whole thing is just gold. So get your notepad out. Get ready. This is my conversation with uh, a living legend, Mr. Brandon Stewart. Brandon, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Noah? So good to hang with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped um, about today because you have kind of been like this secret Yoda Jedi master in my life. (laughs) 
for over a year now, we met at a conference, uh, I guess it was November of 2019. And I was like, man, that guy is so cool. He has so many good things to say. And then I ran into you at the airport and you were wearing my wife and I's hoodie. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. And I was, I was like, yo, this guy, he's incredible. <laughs> I, I want to be on his MySpace top friends list. So <laughs> I, I think it just shows I was like, like a borderline stalker or something like that. No, man, you people listening. I, I, I was uh, walking to the airport and not realizing I was wearing your hoodie. <laughs> It was awesome, man. I, I really am so thankful for your friendship. And um, I really am just in awe every time we talk at the wisdom that you have, how easily you hear my problems and my struggles and um, very quickly lay out thoughts and ideas that um, really just put things into perspective for me. And so uh, it's, it's an honor to have you on. I'm pumped for our listeners to get to hear a little bit of that today. Um, Something that I want to focus on in this conversation is what it looks like to be the second guy or the second girl or the third guy or the third girl or whatever that looks like, like whatever uh, people might be in, if they're in ministry, if they're in the workplace. um, I think a lot of content that's put out is for leaders and we always assume it's for the one who's calling all the shots but most people aren't calling all the shots and you actually lead a really cool organization called leading second can you tell us a little bit about that yeah absolutely and by the way i i love what you're doing noah i i love who you are i i believe in god's call on your life and i did borderline stalk you to make you be my friend uh so i'm i'm glad glad to be here today um, I've been in the same church my whole life. So 39 of my almost 40 years on planet earth, 40 years as of in two weeks, by the way, December 14th, if anybody feels led to, oh. to, you know, anyways, um, one church my whole life, one pastor my whole life. Um, and along the way, God just uh, broke my heart for his church. I, I love the local church. Um, I am a local church builder through and through. Um, I don't in any way pretend to believe that the local church is perfect, um, but it is still God's bride and it is still his plan. Yeah. And I kind of figure that's when I, that's what I want to be found having done with my life when I stand before Christ, you know, one day, which we all will, is that's the account I want to give is I want to have stood up for the thing that was closest to his heart. And so everything for me was just born out of being, being a local church nerd, a local church guy growing up in the church. And um, along the way, I was on uh, church staff for a decade, you know, in a, in a you know, full-time capacity. Uh, the last nine years, though, I transitioned and began to work with pastors and leaders around North America, um, the U.S. and Canada and whatnot. And um as we got out there and I did that on behalf of my pastor, I started to see some trends in young mm-hmm. leaders. I started to see um, some challenges, some leaders bumping their head. And at the end of the day, I realized that those were some of the same things that I had gone through. Mm-hmm. I started to realize that we're all called to lead, but not all of us are called to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And that the vast majority of people in the church and leaders in the church will lead from the middle. 
that most of us are not called to pastor our own churches. Those who are should, you know, those who are called by God go do it because you'll be miserable if you don't. Hmm. But for those of us who aren't called to do that, don't you dare do it because you'll be miserable if you do. Yeah. And, and I, I started to see people get out of their lane. I started to see people sadly walk away from ministry prematurely because the tensions uh, became too great. And I just wanted to do something to help. I wanted to do something to help young leaders go the distance. And mm -hmm. I think we all, we all had a point where we fell in love with ministry, right? We all had that moment at the altar call at youth camp somewhere or something where we said yes to Jesus. You know, I was there, I was there maybe a few years ahead of some of you, but I was there right with you. And I said yes to Jesus. But as I started looking around over the years, I started seeing less and less of those people still around and less and less of those mm -hmm. people still standing. And I think some things took people out prematurely that didn't need to. And I wanted to do something to help. And so leading second is a tribe, a resource for everyone who finds themselves leading in the middle. And mm -hmm. you're leading, you certainly are leading and influencing, uh, but you're doing it on behalf of a pastor. And mm -hmm. you're doing it as a part of a team that's bigger than you. And I started asking myself, what is the, the, what does the leader look like that every pastor would kill to have on the team? Like, what mm -hmm. does that leader look like? What's, what's the leader look like, looks like that goes the distance, you know? So that, that's what we're trying to, I guess, add value to with Leading Second is all of us who, I, I guess, let me say this. So many leadership resources are geared to pastors. You know, I go to conferences all the time and pastors get celebrated and they should. They're, they're yeah. deserving of double honor, in my opinion. Um, but I realize that behind every pastor sitting in the row is 15, 20 staff members with them. You yeah. know, and and we just wanted to do something champion and celebrate that group. Man, I, I love what you just said. Most people will lead from the middle. Um, and I I mean, I've been watching what you guys have been doing for over a year now, and it's really been such a breath of fresh air because I think for the past, I don't know, as as long as I've been in ministry, which which is not um very long, I think I've been in vocational ministry for four and a half, five years. But during that time, I've noticed that the pastors, the head leaders, that's what is celebrated the most. And we all know the saying, what's celebrated gets repeated. And so I've watched my generation give up their calling to try to pursue the calling that's most celebrated. And here you guys right. are celebrating something completely different, bringing in this fresh perspective. Um, it's really, really cool to see. And I, I think the most fascinating part is what, what you just said at the end, 15 to one, maybe more than that, probably more than that is the ratio of people who are not the guy who's calling the shots. And yet all of the content, all of the celebrating is going to that one. Do you see that too? Absolutely. I, um, I feel like I've seen people um, become really frustrated. Yeah. Um, feel like ministry wasn't happening soon enough for them. Um, or they end up undervaluing where they're at because they view it as a stepping stone to get someplace more significant as, as if there's anything more significant than the place God has planted you in today. You know, where yeah. we, we, our, our generation, and, and I love, I love um, our generation uh, and young leaders but just so many are sick with, um, with comparison 
Yeah. And our, 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 honestly, I think that's part of the, why we're seeing mental health challenges in leaders too young right now mm-hmm. is, is we're, we're just, we're just intoxicated with other people's calling. And um, I, well, you know what I wanted to do, Noah, is I wanted to, I wanted to show people that you could stay submitted to a leader for a really long time. You could stay in the second seat and simultaneously you could see God do everything that was in your heart to do for him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, today, today, I mean, God has breathed on our ministry in, in so many ways where, um, you know, not the biggest thing out there, not the sexiest thing out there. But I, I, the last few years, like I've never felt more in the zone of what I feel like God's called me to do. I've never felt more fulfilled. Um, to be honest, I've kind of taken my eyes off of everybody else and I've just kind of put my eyes on Christ. And, and through that, I, I feel like I'm, God's opening doors for us that we couldn't have opened on our own. And he's allowing us to do things we couldn't have done if we would have pursued something else. And yeah. I'm doing that all while being under authority. I mean, just, just this morning, I was on a podcast recording with my pastor, which by the way, a little note someone might find interesting. I'm a volunteer staff member at my church. So I'm actually not paid in any way to do what takes me, you know, dozens of hours in a month to do uh, for my church. Um, but I was on a podcast with him today and, and, you know, I wasn't the guest. I was the, I was the support guy and the host and the, you know, all that. I've just found incredible blessing by staying in that place. Mm-hmm. And through that, God has opened every door we've needed and he's, he's done immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine. And it happened simultaneously while under submission. So the person that, that thinks if I stay submitted, like a part of you, you know, you like you lose a part of you. I would say that's exactly the point. You were supposed to lose a part of you because Jesus said, you'll find your life when you lose it. So that was like, if you're feeling that way, you're, you're, you're being perfectly uh, set up by God to be used by God. You just got to die a little bit first and you'll find new life on the other side of it. I'm about to take a lap in my living room. I'm not, <laughs> if my dog wasn't asleep right now, I, I would be running. I don't want to wake that's, him up. By the way, that sleeping dog thing is real. We got a puppy <laughs> in quarantine, which like everybody did, you know, and um, what a terrible idea, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I egged you on, man. I was a bad influence. Every time you posted something about thinking about it, I was, I was the first one in your DMs. <laughs> no one told me it was a terrible idea. I'm mad at everybody, but anyways, we can move on. <laughs> so was there ever a time when you during your life you know you mentioned growing up local church kid uh 39 years always same church same pastor you know pastor kevin gerald shout out to him amazing pastor um if was there ever a time in your life where you thought that you were called to be the guy i think at the beginning i thought i was yeah because i think that was just the only picture yeah you know the, the night that I was called into ministry was at our youth camp. Um, I, I don't know if it was like before my maybe junior year of high school, okay. something like that. Um, and Pastor Kevin was actually the speaker that night. And the, 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 my call into ministry was nothing more profound than sitting there watching him teach. And the thought hits me, I think I'd like to do what he does. You know, it was, it was just really no more than that. And over the course of those three days at camp, you know, God just wrecked me, you know, in that. And I, I left that, you know, kind of like nothing, nothing else would matter, you know, after that. Um, 
but at the beginning, that was the only picture I had was, okay, one day I'll pastor and I'll do that. Um, over the course of time, though, um, I think I think it was just a gradual progressive revelation for me. I yeah. started to realize that others might be better positioned than me, that, that I actually may not have the gifting for it. Um, and then I think without knowing it, I went in search of a model. Okay, so if that's not for me, what is for me? And I feel like God brought some into my life. God brought some heroes into my life that really showed me um, a, a better way, uh, a better way for me anyways, a better way for my gifting and calling. And um, actually this gave me some pictures to fall in love for it. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. to fall in love with it. Um, you know, a, a different role in ministry. And then I've also now come to realize that there's hundreds of people that think just like me out there and mm. they're everywhere. Yeah. They, they, um, they just needed to have those same handles that I feel like I found in some of my own heroes. So absolutely it started there, but God, I think in his kindness, just found a way to help me move on into more of a picture for what he had for me. Mm. I, my thought goes to the person who's listening. You know, m- most of our audience is, is younger, I would say, millennial, Gen Z generation. There's, there's some older people who listen as well, and I'm super pumped. Um, they could be in the same you, position. Your audience doesn't know what Blockbuster video was. And you know what? What a, what a, what a travesty in life to never have had to driven around town and looked for the new release you wanted to watch. Like, you, you, what, what a tragic thing. I, I know what it was, but I was a fetus for sure. I was definitely a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking about the person listening who is maybe stuck in the middle. They're like, you know, I had that moment that Brandon's talking about. I feel like I know what God's called me to do. I, I whether it's, you know, preaching what I'm not going to list all the things, but, but then now they're having second thoughts and, and they're like, man, you know, maybe I am called to something in this area, but it's not what I thought. And I'm just going to speak for, for me and then turn this into a question. I know in, in my life, when I have pursued something that I probably wasn't supposed to pursue, it's felt like I couldn't catch, like I, it felt like I couldn't catch my breath almost. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think sometimes we talk about pace and it's like the people who run the fastest are again, the ones who are celebrated. I, I don't think that the speed in which you can run is the thing that needs to be, be celebrated. It's, you know, it's if you finish the race, right? Not to be cheesy, but it's, it's faithfulness. Right. Was that something that you noticed too? Like, like it just felt like your rhythm didn't match what that was asking for? Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 you'll know, you'll know when you start to hit what God has called you to do. Hmm. You will have to work really hard, but there will simultaneously be an ease about it, as well as I would say, even uh, supernatural uh, provision yeah. and and markers to it. Like mm. you will, it, it will be the thing where you start to realize the only God factor, you know, only God could have done that. And, and it, it, I think for the person that hasn't yet found that, um, I would just say like, be okay in your own skin. It's okay. Mm. If you're 21 and haven't ha- found the ultimate, you know, reason for your life, well, guess what? I didn't know it then either. You know, it, it's a progressive revelation. You aren't supposed to know all of it now. 
Um, yeah. You are just supposed to follow Jesus and you're supposed to be obedient every single day to his call and trust that in his timing and for his purpose, he is able to get you exactly where he wants to get you. Um, mm. If you, I, but I would say this, to me, it's better to try some stuff than to get paralyzed and not move at all. You can, mm. you can steer a moving ship, but you can't steer one docked at the harbor. One of the biggest things I see with young leaders right now is leaders just don't want to step out and take a risk and do anything. You know, yeah. we sit around trying to figure out the ultimate plan. It feels like we're so far behind already and everybody else is already, you know, out, you know, having great grandkids and buying investment properties and we're still way back living in mom and dad's house, you know, and it feels like we're like, you know, like missing out on everything in life. So then we get really paralyzed. The problem is God can't direct your steps if you're not walking. And hmm. so sometimes you just got to get moving and you just got to get going. And here's the question God will bring you to time and time again in ministry is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? And, and if you trust him, you can trust him enough that even if you make a wrong move, he is able to redirect you and get you right back in. So if you're experiencing those moments where it feels like you're walking through quicksand, just realize it could be God redirecting you into something that's more in line with his purpose, you know, his plan for your life. That's so good. I've got to preach next week. So I, I muted my mic so I could type down some stuff that I'm going to copy um, in my <laughs> sermon. Um, <laughs> just Steal it all. This is I so stole good. it all from somebody. Oh, I know this is so helpful to people listening. It's helpful to me. And I'm really, I, I think like, you hit the nail on the head talking about the FOMO comparison, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses thing. Like that is, that is not something that people in ministry are excluded from. I would argue that people in ministry struggle with that just as much, if not more than everybody else. I mean, it really is a rat race if you let it be. Um, I, am so refreshed every time we talk because I genuinely feel like I'm talking to someone who has found their sweet spot, right? Like I know that there are moments probably in your life where, where you rush out a little bit ahead or, or maybe you fall a little bit back of kind of the, the pace going back to that word that, that um, God has set before you. But I always feel like, man, you're really close to just being about as in tune and in step with God as possible. And I just want to take a second to encourage, um, especially the, the younger people listening, because I think that we are more prone to run out ahead or fall behind, that just from talking to Brandon, he is happier in this season of life doing what he's doing than he ever would be if he was the achievement you know, mogul of the world, just achieving, achieving, achieving. And I think that that's the like carrot that we're really guilty of chasing is that I got to achieve so I can share it. I got to achieve so I can show it, you know, and what that leads to is such burnout. It leads to those mental health things that you're talking about. Um, the goal the quicker we can realize that the goal is just to walk in step with Jesus, I think the faster we can reach a level of fulfillment and happiness in our life that only God can offer, right? Okay, let me just offer this thought. Like, this is super practical, maybe to someone listening today. Let me just propose this question. 
what if you're not supposed to even step into your most influential years, like the years where you are really taking ground? What if you won't even do that until you're in your 40s or 50s? Hmm. Like, just think about it. Those are called the power years of our lives, okay? Yeah. What if your 30s are about truly discovering what God has called you to do and actually making the big moves. A lot of people make really big moves in their thirties. That's when most, a lot of people plant churches. That's when a lot of people start ministries. That's when a lot of people end up in the place they're going to be for a while. Jesus himself, his ministry started at 30. I don't think that was an accident. They say yeah. the, male, the male brain fully doesn't mature emotionally until the age of 28 to 30 anyways. So, and I'm not saying Jesus, that qualified in that statement i'm just saying you know that that it's no accident jesus didn't even start in ministry till 30 why are we at 21 depressed that we you know aren't like you know totally in our sweet spot jesus wasn't even you know? i'm, I'm so, clinging so, so. to that i'm really hoping that i've still got some development happening in the future <laughs> well so so here's what i want to say to the i said all that to say this to the person in their 20s today which is probably a lot of people listening yeah. what if your 20s are just a setup for your 30s. And here's what I mean by that. What if God is gonna call you to make a massive move in your 30s? I launched our ministry, well, I launched the first iteration of our ministry now when I was 30, and I launched Leading Second when I was 36, okay? okay. So, so what, what if you'll make the biggest repositioning moves of your life in your 30s? Here's my question for the 20 year olds, what position do you wanna be in when you get there? Hmm. Because if you go into tens of thousands of dollars in debt in your 20s, you'll be facing <laughs> that when God asks you to make a really big move in your 30s. Yeah. If you don't invest in yourself right now and go to Bible school and get the word of God deep in your heart, like my 30s, I ran really hard when I was in my 30s. I crisscrossed, I think I traveled to the moon like like seven times and back mileage wise, like in my 30s, <laughs> like like something stupid like that, you know, like like I ran really hard. Guess what I wasn't doing? I wasn't doing that. That work happened in my 20s. So for the person that feels like it's not happening for you, maybe it's not supposed to. Maybe you're supposed to be building foundation right now. Maybe mm -hmm. you're supposed to be like going really, really deep so that when you get to the place that God actually has for you, you're ready to stand and you're ready to run and you're ready to go the distance. So yeah. maybe that just like frees somebody up, you know, to realize, I don't even know that you're supposed to be there right now. If, if God uses you, fantastic. Awesome. I'll celebrate you just like I celebrate Noah. Like, like, like I'll get behind you. But what if, let's not get so comparison oriented that we miss mm -hmm. tomorrow just for the sake of something little today, you know? You're freeing me up right now, man. I'm telling you, this dog, <laughs> if he was not asleep, <laughs> I am, this is so good, man. Seriously, I, I am so thankful that you're dropping these wisdom nuggets. Um, this is so helpful to me. Okay, I have uh, two more questions for you. Number one, I am hit up all the time. I, we talked a little bit before we started recording by young leaders who are struggling because they're following a leader that they don't always agree with. And they really struggle okay. with the balance of, you know, I disagree with him. I know I need to honor him. How do I do it? So I'm just forwarding you the DM and putting the ball in yep. your court. Yeah. Um, I guess, let me say it like this. I haven't stayed planted in the same church for 39 years. 
because I've always agreed with my pastor. Hmm. I haven't stayed planted at my church in 2020 because I always agreed with my pastor. Let's say it, let's say it real. Hmm. Um, that was never a qualification for Psalm 92, 13, being planted in the house of the Lord, you yeah. know, and as long as you agree with your pastor and then you'll flourish in the courts of our God, you know, like that, <laughs> that, that was it, that wasn't in there. Yeah. And, um, of course, ultimately the thing that keeps me in that place is that's what God has for me. That's where he's called me to be. And if that's where he's called me to be, just like in a marriage, let no man, you know, tear apart what God has joined together. Mm. And, um, but practically speaking, that's not always easy. Um, so I think I, I would say a couple things. First of all, I would say there's a difference between alignment and agreement. Mm. Uh, agreement means we have to share the same opinion about things, but alignment means we share the same intent. And do you know that you can have a different opinion about things, but still have the same intent? And if you have the same intent, intent is what can take you the distance. And um, so I just make alignment my goal, not agreement. That's and so good. Now, now because I am like 400 years old now and older and have a bit of ministry tenure, I actually get to arm wrestle with my pastor a bit. I actually get to bring my opinion to the table. I'm, I'm actually asked to. I get to lead with that kind of a permission. Now, we don't always see eye to eye, but I have just fought for alignment uh, over anything else. And it, it has carried me the distance. And I would say today, um, I, I have not only have I never had a better relationship with my pastor, I can't imagine having a better relationship with him, with them. And, uh, but I fought for that. Yeah. And I, I, I fought battles silently they'll never know about to, mm. to keep that. So I would say alignment is different than agreement and just, just go for alignment, you know, with, with all your heart. I think the other thing too is, as I've already said before, um, God is just going to continually time and time again, lead you back to the place of, do you trust him? Mm. And I, I think I'm just going to be a broken record about that, honestly, coming up in ministry of just helping leaders anchor more in Christ, mm. um, you know, than anything, because um, we get, we get upended and shipwrecked by a lot of things that are natural but we end up making decisions that have really supernatural impact, you know, mm. not walking away from the place God planted you has yeah. massive impact for your life. Yeah. Ministry is not a vocation. It's not just a job market. You don't just go on a site and find a new church and totally thrive. Like that's not how God's call works. You right. go where God calls you to go and you mm. stay there as long as he has you to be there. Um, I heard Andy Stanley say once at a conference, and it's really framed my life. Um, in life, everything qualifies as kind of one or two things. Like the, the things you experience in life are either attention to manage or a problem to solve. And your job is to figure out which it is. Yeah. So someone not responding to my emails or me not responding to someone's emails, like that's a problem we need to solve. Like that, that we need yeah. to get to the bottom of that. We need to get over that so we can thrive. But there are other things you experience that are tensions to manage. And honestly, this whole following an imperfect leader or struggling to connect with your leader when you don't agree, honestly, many times in ministry, outside of it being illegal, Ill, Ill, you know, 
many things in ministry beside outside of them being unethical, illegal, or immoral. Yeah. Many, many things, the disagreements we experience are tensions that we manage. Hmm. And in time, I think you'll see God redeem it. And hmm. in time, I think you'll see God actually maybe use your difference with your pastor for his glory and for his purpose. Um, you just got to get there first. You just got to get beyond that. So just realize if you're experiencing some tensions, actually, maybe you're called to manage the tension, not get out from under it. They, yeah. they say, you know, a, a, a guitar can't make music without tension. Hmm. Like every string has to have the right amount of tension in order to play too little tension and you make no noise, too much tension and your strings break. So you have to have the right amount of tension. And if you do, you make a beautiful song. They, they say a concert grand piano is navigating like tons of tension, like, like thousands of pounds of tension um, between all of the strings combined, but it can play beautiful music. So if you want your life to play that song, maybe God's going to use tension with a leader you don't agree with to wow. actually make music through you. Yo, that is so stinking good. I, that's just going to be my, you gave me some, uh, some text earlier. That's my illustration. <laughs> and uh, Sunday sermon is written. Dude, this is so good, man. This okay, is well, we'll get your altar call next. <laughs> well, it sets up perfect because I, I want to wrap up, um, you know, it, people, there's probably several people listening who um, were already really familiar with what you do and what you've been doing with Lead, Leading Second. But for those who uh, might not be, Brandon was on the road. He was not lying when he said um, seven trips to the moon or, or however many times you said. Uh, I remember when we met in the airport last, last year, I thought I was on the road a lot and then you told me how many miles you had traveled um, just in 2019. <laughs> and I think 2020, you were going to be on the road just as much, if not more. You know, crazy schedule. You're traveling into all these cities. You're speaking into all these leaders. You're hosting conferences. You're doing things with your church there back home. And um, all the while, you've got a little girl, another one on the way. Come on, somebody. Uh, I, I don't, you don't know if the, the gender yet, do you? No, my wife just took the blood test today. We'll find out. So, we're oh, 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 oh. so you ha you're balancing a lot of different things. And then COVID hits and you're grounded there in Seattle. Have you traveled yet since COVID? Yeah, I, I think we've since September probably gone, I don't know, four or five places. Okay. So but, totally different rhythm. And right. We've had several conversations. I've noticed that you've taken up walking around the golf course. You got your, your daily walks in, your quiet time with God, and this whole new rhythm. And it really seems like God has been speaking a lot to you um, during this pandemic. What are some of the things, I just want to kind of hear your heart and thoughts. Yeah. What are some things that God is speaking to you um, since March? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I... I am a firm believer actually in running really hard for the kingdom. Like I, I want to maximize my life. I want to reach everyone possible and I want to die hearing well done, my good and faithful servant. So I, I'm going to go to bed tired for God every single day. Like I, I am that person. Um, and COVID hasn't changed that for me, hmm. but what COVID has changed for me 
and maybe it's because I'm approaching 40, maybe it's because I'm approaching next summer for us is 20 years in ministry. What I'm realizing is there are times where in the name of achievement, I blew straight through my rhythms and my rest. Mm. And um, that, that is the thing God did in me this summer. Um, the day that the Washington state governor announced the first shutdown, you know, for churches, we were the first in the nation to announce that that was the day my schedule imploded. Everyone in you know, the next three months of our life called and canceled yeah. as they should. And since that was 80% of our ministry revenue, you know, all of a sudden I was facing a total, total shutdown. I, mean, I didn't know what we were going to do. Mm. God um, supernaturally sustained our ministry and actually gave us a Sabbath year this year. And um, I've been home a lot. Um, The walk thing for me actually isn't new. I've done that for a lot of years, but this year definitely took on new intensity. I can say proudly this year, I have Sabbath properly this year, if not even more than that. Um, I've laid some things down in achievement. There's some things I wanted to do this year that quite frankly, I just laid down this summer with leading second. Our team is all volunteer. They're all team members at their own churches. This summer, we effectively dismissed everybody for the summer and just said, everybody go and attend to your own churches. We're in crisis right now. You know, everyone needs to focus on what matters most. So our ministry literally came to a halt this summer. And in it, um, I just, I found, I found Christ again. Like I found him and his purpose and his spirit again in my life. And I started realizing that I didn't need to push. If, if he was sustaining our ministry in, in COVID, he'll do so much more, you know, after this. And I just had to find rest in that. So moving forward, we're, we're just going to do it smarter and we're going to do it differently. You know, we do have a baby coming next year, but my wife has not asked me to go off the road. But yet we're going to do it a bit differently, you know, and, and we're just going to approach it really smart and really healthy. And our ultimate goal is that our kids grow up and just want to serve Jesus with all their heart. Mm. And I think they'll only do that as long as they're secure in, in home, you know, home being home base for all of us. And if I'm honest with you guys, this summer, I walked through depression, you know, I walked through a very, very real season of mourning and grieving over the ministry. I felt like we had lost. And, um, if, and then I think God really even showed me that I had, been I hadn't been valuing home like I should have been. And I have a great marriage. I'm a great wife. Runs really hard in ministry with me. It just wasn't where my anchor was. My my anchor was in achievement, not in yeah. the place God wanted it to be. And I have found that anchor again in the right place, and it has breathed so much life wow. into our family, into our ministry. And um, man, if God's done it for us, He'll do it for you. We can drop the mic right there, man. That that is. Um... If if you missed the 117 takeaways Brandon dropped in the first 35 <laughs> minutes of this, please take that one away. That that's uh, that's for all of us, man. I'm I'm so pumped. I didn't know if I had permission on air to tell everyone you guys were going to be naming your second child Noah, but I just feel led <laughs> right here to just let everyone know, um, man. This has been so good for real. I, I'm taking notes over here, pause, muting my mic, uh, every other sentence. And, um, just want to say thank you. I have one more question. I've been asking every person on the podcast this, this season, if 
you were going to give a TED talk, TED talk, they call you, they're like, Hey, we want you to give a TED talk. It can't be on anything ministry related. So come with something that you're really passionate about that is not ministry related. What would your TED talk be on? We've gotten guacamole. We've gotten influencers. We've gotten all these random topics, but what would yours be? Oh my gosh. No, I'm a boring person. All I do is ministry. Like I have no life. Um, but um, honestly, I am a closet political nerd. I love, oh. I love politics. Like my favorite day every four years is election night. Like, wow. I sit there with like, with like three screens on, like I am, I am that guy. Um, I've, I fall asleep to reading news news apps every night. Wow. Um, I I would absolutely want to school people on why both both of our political parties are broken, but that's for another topic. Wow, let's <laughs> we're getting into this. This needs to be a podcast. <laughs> Oh man, Brandon, thank you so much. Um, if you guys want to keep up with Brandon, I will link his social um, in the show notes. Go check him out. Connect with him. He's the real deal. Thanks for being on All Our Ways, Brandon. Hey, we love you, No, Thanks so much for what you're doing. Really appreciate it.